You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Under the Gun After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Under the Gun After Show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Under the Gun, Benefit of Fashion, that's episode 11. Uh, I'm your host tonight, Virginia Rena Dunn. Hey guys, it's Emma Kay. What's up, it's Amanda Fields. Hey, I'm Steph Z. Hey, Michelle Uberest. Yeah, so we got a full house tonight. Love I think it. this is probably going to be the only time this whole season we're all going to be here. But yay, you have all of us. <laughs> okay, so... I just knew by the name of the episode that it was going to be a benefit thing. I mean, after the crazy Glade thing we had, you know, it could only be benefit. But I love benefit cosmetics. So I was excited to see this one. And we had real live models, not model models, which Amanda, I'm sure, will chime in on that. Yes. Real women. Real women. Yes. We're all real women. You're a real woman, Meaning, Amanda. can models be real women, too? I'm like I mean I'm, do I'm a real really, person do you really want to go there I know do you, do you want to start you, I mean let's go down that road just let's I do mean, it like, but I love all women like I mean come on the, the, all the different shapes and sizes and height differences it's just beautiful. as much I, as you were saying they were real women you picked apart every single one of them <laughs> the way they stood the way they walked the way of, they hey, hey I pick apart the models too I give them equal, you do. equal you do. opportunity. <laughs> yes, but yes. I think what they mean when they say real or normal is the average. average. Like you happen to be, and this is going to be a compliment. So, <laughs> so here, you happen to be in a percentage of women that like a women look up to to perfection. Like you're fit, you're tall, you're pretty. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. So you <laughs> okay. get to do that. So well, what I'm saying is they were that. taking more quote unquote average women that aren't models. Well, and it's because, you know, you're like everything looks good on you. There there is I mean, you know, I mean, you know it's I true. And so try. for for us, <laughs> us women who are a little bit more curvy, it's more challenging for us, but it's also more challenging for the designers. So, you know, that's why this episode gets yeah. good. And it's exciting to see, actually. It like, is. Yes. And I love when they do it where they're like, you know, doing something like the lady that lost 50 pounds. I mean, I, you know, even when I lose 10 pounds, I'm like, heck yeah, you know, I look so much better in my clothes. So, you know, being able to do that for these women is a really good, or, you know, like, I want to be more flirty. Well, we'll get to that. I think it's really empowering, and the whole women movement is uh, very powerful right now, especially with social media. Um, people are able to portray themselves in a different light. So watch out, Amanda. You might be out of a job soon. <laughs> I might. I might. I don't know. I mean, you know. I think I have a question. All, I, I have a question. Oh, all I'm saying is I appreciate, I appreciate being included in real women. I feel real as well. Anyway. I would look forward to these challenges because I feel like this is what really, like, sets apart the men from the boys, designer-wise. Like, if you can't design for an average person and flatter, a, you know, a woman's body of any shape or size, then you're pretty much a fail. Right, right because in the mm-hmm. same sense, like, that's more of the market. Right. You know what I mean? Like, when you... And I get that, like, these designers and couture and the runway show and it's it's to make a point and it's this, but it's like, a lot of those pieces aren't such ready-to-wear pieces, or they are, but so many women won't fit into them. So you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to make it look cool but actually be like functional right now this may seem like the dumbest question and i just like it just now hit me but you know okay so you as designers you design for someone in amanda's body type and i know that there's like gerber technology where they you know make the pattern larger and smaller but like how does that really work (laughs) and does it take more time because you know like as you get larger you don't just like get larger a little like I mean, I know you get a little bit larger everywhere, but, like, you know. Well, I mean, like, for me, which is more so just, like, like, I didn't design couture stuff, you know what I mean? It was more so just, like, tops and stuff. 
um, it, it's really just grading. Like it's a equation. Like it's literally like a small to a medium is like an inch maybe on the out seams. Like it's literally just it follows a average that goes around. But the the ultimate fit, like the first fit you get, you have a fit model come in, you measure them, then you do the specs of your shirts. You know what I mean? Like someone like Amanda would come in, seriously, and we, you would do it from them, and you would base either, like from my women's line, we actually wanted to what we called vanity size it. So a lot of people would make Amanda maybe a medium because that's what a fit model is, usually the medium. But we would make Amanda the small so that the women would buy, they would feel like they're buying something like a smaller size. <laughs> you know what I mean? great. Yeah. So I that's, love it. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what we would do. So like our true medium might to some of the other brands be a large. And for me, like, I mean, I'm not like Amanda, but I'm not a large girl either. The fact that I have to wear like extra large in some brands is like ridiculous to me. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. how we would, I don't know, like in dresses and stuff, if it's... I think grading is, and, it's like you said, it's an equation. It's yeah. like you, you add a certain amount of length and a certain amount of width. But it's like, I think that it's retarded that it, it doesn't stay the same throughout brands. It's like you said, some brands do vanity sizing. Yeah. Some, I think that's stupid. Like, I don't care what size it is. I just want it to look good, and I want to know what size I have to buy. A lot of women do, though. But like, it, a lot of women really, like, they won't... Like, that's why, because my brand was, is like, was... 80% men's to maybe 20% women's. Um, and, I mean, if you mess up, like, if we, if a woman goes and buys, like, thinks she's a medium, and she picks up your medium, and she doesn't fit in it, she associates that with not liking the brand. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of women, especially the women that shop in the Saks, the Neiman's, like, that type of girl, they really do do that. And that's why it's, with a brand, it's a lot, unless you're, like, making dresses and stuff, like, it's a lot harder to nail that fit on a woman Rather than a man, because they're they're like, oh, this looks cool, man, sweet t-shirt. Right. You know at what the mean? same time, like now, everyone's buying on the internet, right? Stuff like that. So it's like I feel like, like get over the number. You yeah. Know? But it's I think it's psychological for women, uh, because if I th- if I know I'm a small and I go and the small doesn't fit me, do you really think I'm going to try on a medium? Because no. I'm I automatically I'm just like okay I'm not buying that no you're going to go to the next brand and try on their small and if that fits you you're going to like that brand better regard you're going to give a little bit for the size rather than the print but if I really like the top I would buy it in the next size right but you're confident with your with you and your size and a lot of women I I think that the the size of it takes precedence like if it's like a close race between the two they'll take the one that says the size that they want to be rather than the one that they might like a little more I just think it's confusing because I, like I don't really care what size it is, but when I go into one store and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a two and a four to try on, and then I go into another store and I'm like, okay, a four or a six or an eight, and then I have all these numbers, it's like I could be a two in one store and an eight in another, and it makes absolutely no sense. And I think it has yeah. to do with uh, the country that that's making it, because that's Asia typically is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Their extra, you know, their size small is like an extra small. So you need to go one size up. More like five usually. I know. <laughs> the and country I'm where they're ma- the brand is being manufactured or the, the actual brand the is? Where oh. the brand, who they're appealing to, the market. So right. like if you go into Abercrombie and Fitch, their sizes are so tiny because it was created for petite uh, girls. Well, it's like juniors. Um, and I was just going to say also, that, well, that was a good point about where it's from, but also like for sizes, I think that the more true to size uh, items are for the juniors. And then when you go to the women's or, you know. But Missy, also, I mean, like there's brands, I bet everything on it. You could take one brand. Like I feel like some of that's just the way that it happens too. Like we've, I've definitely in my years could hold up two of my own mediums and they're slightly different. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes brands are like that, too. So I feel like once you get to know brands, you know how it fits, and mm-hmm. then you know your size of that brand, and that's kind of where you start. But I don't think it's an exact science that, like, every single two would fit the same across the board. Like, I think that's impossible. No, I don't think so. But it should be close. You shouldn't be able to have a two and an eight in your closet. Like, that's, I do, though. That's, no, but I know, that's no. crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Oh, well. Some brands too have started like like free city like some brands do like a number system for their sizing like one two three four. I always and wanted to do a color system, but it would have been too hard. Yeah, system. I wanted to do that once like and for then plus sizes. yeah, but it was just 
and like too complicated. To also, one more thing that designers have to take into consideration is the fact that uh, reality TV has become our, you know, celebrity. So mm-hmm. a lot of the people on reality TV are the ones uh. dressing what the designers designed. So some are curvaceous, like Kim Kardashian or someone else. So they appeal to now that market. So the regular girl uh, that orders a size small, now it doesn't even fit. Like, I've ordered dresses to sell on my website, and the size small is big. Like, I can't wear a size small. I need, like, probably double X. And right. when customers order, and I'm like, how do I tell them that the medium is actually, uh, like, a large? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's an easy fix. Yeah. Like, you should just give the specs. Like, most websites that you buy from that says, yeah, like, medium pe- measurements are this. People automatically just go for what they, they know, think, medium. Yeah, right? Sure. Or they say, like, you know, the model is wearing yeah. size whatever. Okay, so anyway, sorry yeah. about that whole tangent we just went on. <laughs> no, Let's I get think back it was a good tangent, that. though. Yeah. It was an important tangent. Yeah. Okay, so we have, um, I totally forgot her name. That really pretty girl. From, that's Annie the, Ford Danielson. Yes, there from it is. The for, Global Br- Beauty Authority for Benefit Cosmetics. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Thanks, Amanda. Yes. Um, and so she comes in, and they have this whole little burlesque number. And, um, you know, Sam said, girl, you got the wrong guy because they're dancing all over him. And he's so cute. Um, Sham was like, I thought this was a family show. (laughs) That was a little crazy that they had going on. Yeah. Um, You know, and they they kind of give the whole background of how benefits started, which was very interesting. Who would have thought? Yeah. They needed to pinkin up those things um, for you guys well, that saw the episode. Things. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you can say that. And for those of you who didn't, your imagination is just running wild right now. Sorry. Come on. We can, we can say nipple. I, we, we? You just did. Okay. It's not a curse word. It's not. Sorry. They wanted rosy Model's nipples. still more comfortable using. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I asked for it. You guys. You did. I could take it. It's okay. Okay. So they tell them that Benefit is into making quick fix fashion, and so that's what they're going to be doing. And so they bring in these real women to be the models, and they said that they've already strategically or non-strategically decided who's going to work with who. And so Shan gets Brittany and she says she wants a um, date night look because she is a mom and she doesn't really have a lot of, you know, flattering clothes for herself. Um, we get Oscar with Danny and she's a very petite, cute blonde girl and she wants a gown because she's a pageant girl. Um, then we get Blake and he got Rosina and she says she wants to be more feminine. Um, Sam gets Nora and she says she just wants a super sexy dress that goes from day to night. And then Asha gets Aaron, and she wants a glam, sexy Beyonce dress. <laughs> Which guys did you think was the most interesting? I think Oscar with the petite girl, because he seems to kind of always do these, like, model-esque kind of designs, and I thought that would be a pretty good challenge for him. Yeah. And she yeah. seemed, but she, like, knew exactly what she wanted. Now, is that harder on you guys? Because you're like, okay, I know what I want to do, I know what you want to do, and because it's getting so close to the end, you know, like, you really want to have your point of view. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have actually loved to be a part of this challenge, because, like I said, like, I think it proves that you're a real designer if you can make something for a real person. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it, I get it. Actually, Um, you're right, you're right. I think it is a mark of a great designer if every size that your clothes are available in look equally as impressive. It's just that a lot of, like, you know, kind of the newbies and the kids that just get out of school are, they can make anything, and when they put it on someone like you, it looks great. You just make everything look great. You can make a trash look, you know, a trash bag look great. So I think it's just yeah. harder to... Stop, flatter. keep going. <laughs> can you I wear a trash bag next week? <laughs> Hold on, I think I have one. <laughs> next, next episode. Um, <laughs> I will put it on my Instagram. So I think that, you know, it takes a lot more yes. thought and actual design rather than, oh, this is cool or whatever. So I think it depends on who you're paired with. And I think they did kind of strategically kind of decided to challenge everyone. Like Sam's model wanted a bodycon dress. Well, he doesn't really do that. So I think it was a good challenge for him. You know, I think they really thought out, like, who would work well with who. And I think it was challenging for Sam as well because, you know, she requested two different looks that needed to be combined in one. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen, he usually does really good with the more comfortable look, the casual look, but the dressy look, he tends to play it safe a little, which is what I think he did tonight. 
Well, and I think also with him, his, like, girl is a little bit younger, and she was a little bit, you know, she looked like she was a successful business person, you know, a little bit older, and so I feel like that could have also thrown him off a little. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, mood. Oh, yeah. When they go shopping, they have $200 budget at mood. Yeah. And they didn't really highlight that trip that much. I didn't really notice that much specifically, like, choosing they, fabric. They got to measure the models before, or the women before they went. Which well, I they were models. They, yeah, now they're models. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I think we have a caller. Is there someone here? Caller on the line. Hello? Hello? Hi! Hi! <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome to How Afterlife. is everyone? Good. Good. How are you? Good. It's so late. I'm really tired. How are you guys? Oh, are you on the East Coast? Yes, East Coast. So it's like almost one. Oh, oh my, my God. Thank you so much for staying up to call in. Oh, my God. Anything for you guys. Oh, <laughs> we love you, Blake. So on the line we have oh, Blake, you Blake Smith mm-hmm. from Under the Gun. We're so excited to talk to you. What would you say to all your fans out there about your time on the show? And if there's anything you wish you could have changed or do you feel like you were represented well? Oh, Man. my God. Uh, right so <laughs> I don't think that I really had a lot of fans before the show. So definitely I have to think under the gun for introducing me to America so I can actually have what you call fans. So I really, really appreciate all of the really warm support and loving things that I always see on Twitter or Facebook. And I really owe all of my successes to the fans. That's what keeps me going. And as for pretty much is there anything I could have done differently or would have changed? No, not at all. I definitely feel very strong and valid in all of the choices that I made on the show, and I definitely stick by that. Uh, Blake, what was your favorite challenge while you were on the show? Favorite challenge? I definitely am going to say the Marie Claire red carpet challenge. I think that my evening gown for that challenge was really strong, and out of anything I did the entire like series, I definitely feel like that stayed true to my aesthetic and what I love to do as a designer. And who was your favorite uh, designer to work with? Designer to work with as a mentor or as, like, just a fellow uh, How about you give us both? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) The boy's half asleep. Cut him a break. (laughs) Since you're asking, I'm guessing you wanted to change your mentor? (laughs) Not necessarily. I will answer the easier of the two questions first. <laughs> so I definitely love Michelle. I, I do have oh. a little bit of a favoritism there. I just feel like we, you know, when we first met on the show, it was kind of like kindred spirits at, you know, first time meeting. And I definitely regret that I never had a chance to actually partner and do like a teen challenge with her. But, I mean, she is so amazing, and I've learned so much just by meeting her on the show. Um, Is there a collaboration in the future? We hope so. Oh, my God. We've talked about it. (laughs) All right. Just putting that out there. Sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We're both very busy right now. So, hopefully, once things die down, we'll definitely jump into that. Um, And as for the mentors, I mean... I love Anya. I think that she's a very sweet individual, and I definitely learned a lot from her during this experience. I always call her my spiritual guide, so she definitely, if anything, kept me on track with trying to stay true to who I am and stay clear to my vision as a designer. Um, I do feel like, as I specified in the previous challenge um, for Francesca's, I really did also enjoy teaming up with Mondo, and I feel like if given the opportunity, I would have also learned a really great amount of um, new tips and tricks from him as well. I have a question, going back, because I just don't remember, was there an option for Mondo, and did you pick Anya, or how did that go down? Like, did Anya pick you? Uh, 
Does anyone well, remember? Well, me, uh, I actually went into this series saying if I had to choose between any of the three, it would be Mondo because I was interested in seeing how far he could test my boundaries and really push me to the limits of, you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone. And actually all three mentors chose me and I ended up going with Anya because Right, I remember that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when she was sitting there on the panel, like, trying to convince me, I don't know if it was just how eloquent she was or (laughs) if, you know, I just had an immediate connection with her, but she really resonated with me, and I definitely also felt that she being the only female uh, mentor there, I could definitely learn a lot about how to properly flatter a woman's body and to take into consideration undergarments when I design. Because I'm a male, and sometimes I don't think about bra straps. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? No, I'm, no, yeah, that's I was saying. I, I feel like I remembered something like that. And you were saying that from the beginning that you wanted Mondo, but then something made you take her. So that's interesting. And it, so it was kind of just like a in-the-moment-you-changed-your-mind type situation. Exactly. Off the cuff, I got up there. They All three wanted me, and I was like, okay, Mondo. And then I was like, wait. I don't know. Something's gravitating towards Anya. So I went with my gut, and, you know, I'm happy with my choice. What was the most challenging scenario in tonight's episode? Um, You know, having to work with real live women who uh, you... Now she's dead. dead. (laughs) Sorry, we have a model in here, so (laughs) we just want to compare. What are some of the challenges? She killed me, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, What was the most challenging part of this challenge in particular? Um, It really. For me, working with real women is an amazing experience. I mean, that's what we as designers do um, day-to-day anyway, and especially myself. I work at cold, so I'm working on clothing that real people wear every day. And so I really went into this thinking, how can I elevate my client, Rosina, and really take her from the ugly duckling complex, as she said, and bring her to the swan? And I really felt that I did that. I would have to say the most challenging aspect of working um, on this challenge was just the fact that you have a client to please. So it's not just about going into it with, okay, this is my design and this is what I want and I'm going to do what I want. You kind of have to make sure that you ease your client into unfamiliar territory and also make sure that you're addressing the challenge at the same time. I think that, like watching this challenge, kind of watching the clients, I think that a lot of women think they know what looks good on them, but it doesn't. So as a designer, you kind of have to be like, hey, this is not the way to go. This is better. And you have to kind of like do it in a way that they will like want to hear that. Right. Right. And I think Mondo did a good job when he was with with Asha. You know, he was there when the girl was like oh you don't have any studs or you don't have any this and he was like no this is really what's going to look good on you um and i think that was really mm-hmm. important because you know i i feel like also I, i've seen a lot of times on the show when they do bring in the real women they're so adamant about like i know this is going to look good on me and then they fight with a designer and the designer kind of has a meltdown because you know they're thinking oh my gosh if i don't please her they're going to uh, like throw me under the bus on the runway so but it looked like all of y'all's uh, models were really nice Yes, I mean, we were very lucky, Um, or at least I feel we were lucky. I think Shan, if anyone, had a little bit of the short end of the stick, um, just with all of the drama with the being allergic to sequins. But other than that, I definitely feel like all of the models, I'm sorry, let me rephrase, all of the real clients were really beautiful and they were (laughs) such a pleasure to work with. So especially my model, I love Drusina, and I think that she is such a wonderful person. And I really took that away from the challenge as well, is that I pride myself on having made her happy at the end of the day. Well, Blake, 
I don't know about you, but I thought Rosina had the best benefit makeover. Her makeup and hair. Oh, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and I thought she looked really adorable in your dress. I thought she looked very girly and fun. And, like, mm-hmm. I, when she walked out, I was like, who is that? So that was great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely thought that she had a transformation as well. And, I mean, looking, like, watching this on TV, you definitely see things that you didn't see in the heat of the moment. Like, Michelle, I'm sure, can attest to this. Like, (laughs) you get in there, and you're, like, in it, and then those last five minutes before you hit the runway, you really have to make sure that you edited everything perfectly, and then sometimes you're just so into it and into the process that you might overlook things, and with my mistake, I overlooked the thickness of the waistband I created, therefore making Rosina look a little bit more blocky and not really defining her waist like I should have. So I definitely feel like she had a really beautiful benefit babe um, kind of transformation, but definitely little tweaks could have been made to make it more perfect. Did they get to keep the dresses? I don't even know, to be honest. I believe that everything is owned by... um, the production company, so I'm not so sure that they got to keep the dresses. Blake, do you agree with the judges' uh, criticism for yourself or for any of the other designers, um, or do you think they were being a little bit unfair because you guys were trying to please the client and they were contradicting what the client wanted? Hmm. That's a really good question. I definitely always try to see both sides of the story and definitely take into every aspect, everyone's personal opinion on our looks that we create. However, I always do see little things that I disagree with from the judges. I feel like our judging panel this season, they all really appreciate a very commercial, sexier side of fashion. And I feel like, if you'll notice, those are the people who are always called out in a positive light, the ones that definitely have a very understandable version of fashion. And, you know, sometimes I disagree with that because as a designer, I pride myself, especially on being more of an artistic type of designer. And so everything I create isn't always the most easily translatable to everyday life. So with that being said, I tried going into this challenge to take my aesthetic as a designer and interject that into my look. And they just saw it as being sloppy instead of where I thought it was really beautiful with the raw edge finishing. So I disagreed with that in particular. Well, Blake, I I agree with you with that because I think I noticed throughout the season that sometimes we really were like watching the models come down the runway and writing things down about how we felt about the dress. And a lot of the time we were like, wow, we like really responded to something. And then the judges like hate it. Yeah, I completely agree. I I feel like I went in thinking like, oh, they're looking for something new, innovative, like the next thing. And then I felt like, no, they just like what the trend is. And I'm like, you can't Mm -hmm. define like what the trend is. If you do that, you're too late. Like, I think too that that you're too late. It's over. You're behind. And I think too what what we have mentioned a few times when that happened, when we're all like love it and they hate it or we hate it and they love it, is how much of it really how Michelle you were saying tonight that sometimes the colors look really different live than on TV and some of the construction might look better or worse. You know what I mean? So I think all that probably plays into. Everything. Oh, yeah. It's a a definite factor. I mean, it's really lovely being on TV, let me tell you, but sometimes (laughs) it definitely doesn't translate like it is in real life. And sometimes TV can enhance so that it makes it look even more beautiful than it is in person. And that has happened multiple times on our show. Or, you know, in my case tonight, I feel like my watercolor print that I chose just kind of read a little muddled. You didn't really appreciate all the beauty in there. So it really can work twofold. Now, was there anything that you, as you've been watching, kind of threw you off guard that you didn't see while you were actually being filmed? Hmm. I mean, there are so many aspects to this competition. I mean, like hours and hours of footage that 
is either manipulated or dropped completely. And you're like, wait, where the hell did that go? Like, I mean, it's kind of like you're watching this experience and you almost don't realize that you lived it because it's being played in a different light sometimes. Is there something in particular um, you're thinking of? (laughs) I mean, there are so many things in particular. (laughs) Like, I mean, on the one hand, I will jump back for the past few episodes. I feel like, you know, America has been in this big uproar over Natalia being a scapegoat um, in this competition. And I tell me about it. (laughs) <laughs> me personally being there and experiencing it I never felt that and I never experienced that firsthand and there again I wasn't in each individual interview with the designers to hear what was being said but I know what I personally said and I know what I said around Natalia in front of everyone and no one ever bullied no one ever attacked her about anything I feel like the closest that ever came to was when Asha and Natalia were paired together and they just weren't jiving. Like that happens in real life. Anytime that you're working together as a team, you're never always going to expect to fully come together in agreement on everything. You're going to butt heads, especially if you're creative people. So I don't ever think that there was a choice. I mean, a point in time in this competition where Natalia was being under attack and, you know, it's very unfortunate that some of the designers have been criticized for something that never really even took place. Yeah, I so saw. I, definitely, I, I mm-hmm. mean, I was going to say I looked online because we have a lot of, um, you know, our viewers and some people said, oh, you guys are, you know, you're attacking Natalia. And then I was, you know, I was looking into it because I was like, man, are we really being that mean to her? But then I saw a tweet from Tim Gunn and he had this whole spiel that he wrote about how you know he was there the whole time and nobody bullied her and you know they everybody needs to stop this because it's getting out of hand and it's becoming ridiculous because you know he would never bully anybody and you know i tim is just such a great guy i feel like you know if he said that then it's absolutely ridiculous and you know there's just a little bit of a pity party going on well, and yeah, I mean, well, I guess this is open in a can of worms, so I won't go, I won't go too left. But like, just because someone cries all the time doesn't mean that people are picking on them. I mean, really, it's the truth. Yeah, because exactly. if she would have just like retaliated the way like or Sandro did, it would have been a completely different story. Well, I mean, Sandro went a little <laughs> bit to an extreme in his retaliation, but, but it's the same thing. If she would have just totally backed agree. herself up, or, or it she would have just like answered with through her talent like made something better than that was actually constructed better this like didn't give people reason to pick on her and to be like why are you crying <laughs> again and like she cried at least twice every episode come on mm-hmm. a- am i wrong <laughs> wait why is everyone so silent all of a sudden <laughs> no, you're right. come on she, come uh, on you're all saying the but same at thing at the same time we have to remember it is reality tv and the producers can manipulate it however they want to to gain viewership it's, right but then don't exactly. call that anyone else being a bully that's well, just reality that's but, what you sign up for going on a reality tv show but exactly. people when they exactly. watch the show they don't take all that into consideration yeah. people some people just don't know production and reality TV. Even though, yes, it is a show, it's a design show, at the end of the day, we have to be honest. It is, it's a reality yep. TV. Right. They know who they want. The judges, you know, know who they're going to pick. And sometimes what? we disagree with it because... So you're we, trying to say it's fixed. Somewhat, yes. <laughs> I, I, don't mean, yes. I don't think so. I what do you guys think? For me, I think, like... They had it out for you. You were bullied, Michelle. That's why you're not on the show anymore. You too, Blake. Shit. You guys should start a brand called Bully. (laughs) Personally, I think, like, people that I know want to tune in to watch, like, the show for awesome fashion. They want to see, like, something new and awesome and inspiring and amazing. I don't, like... I don't. I don't to go to this show for for drama. Right. I mean, I get that there no. is reality TV and the producers want to spark drama. that. There's real drama right. in in like trying to produce a garment in one day. Like, I would rather see drama like tonight in Shan having some girl that's sorry. Am I screaming? I'm a little. <laughs> I'm a little stuffed up. So. But I would rather me. see. Like drama, like tonight, like Shan's girl got yes, freaking allergic yeah. reaction. He had to fix it. Like that's interesting drama. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. He's trying to solve a problem. He, he's, right. you know, faced with this oh, dilemma. And so it has to do with real life, yeah. how it yeah. really happened. It's a make-it-work moment. Yeah. How yeah. many of us kept saying each episode, why isn't Talia still there? She doesn't know how to time manage. Mm-hmm. She, at the end, yeah. the last minute, she's probably she sleeping with somebody. You know, she keeps oh. on coming out with uh, designs that... Oh, no. You're just looking at it, you're like, how is this girl passing on to the next, uh, you know, level yeah. if she can't construct yeah. a dress? And all she does is she keeps on knitting. So, yes, I do think that is reality TV, and it was fixed because they needed someone to make the show a little yeah. bit more interesting. She, I'm not saying well, that about everyone else. Right. I'm just saying there is uh, pieces in there which are fixed because well, they need... Well, I think Natalia whoa. did some of it to herself, though. I think that if she, like, her attitude and her crying and her drama kind of made you almost be like really 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 rather if she would have had a good attitude like I don't think her dresses sucked or anything but wait but wait it would have just been interesting to see the show if it were done by a different production company mm-hmm. I'm not I like how it is now but I mean it would just be interesting to see if it were done more like a documentary versus like drama 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 well, but I, I would also with- I would also like to see like blind judging because I think that there's always like human bias involved yes. like no matter if you try or not and I think like for me, the dress I went home on, like, if Sam or someone else would have made that dress, would they have gone home? I don't think so, because it was boring yeah. compared to myself. It wasn't boring, exactly. but it was boring compared to what I normally so you mean? Do. So you mean that the oh. judges don't know who designed which one? I think that would be... They've done that. They did, on one, they did that on, on a, the, the, like, two I think Project, Project Runways, Runways ago. Yeah. They started yeah. doing that because... People were saying that. Yeah, it's, and it's, 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 it's just a natural, awesome. you know, you have a natural human bias that yeah. just happens. And I think it'd be, like, a lot more interesting. I agree. Um, Blake, was there any judge that was your favorite, then, since we're speaking of judges? Favorite judge? And you're asking me after I said that the judges didn't understand me. So, <laughs> um, I feel like or you can I pick worst. the best <laughs> I feel like I got the best responses or that I took as positive feedback um, and constructive criticism. I feel like that was from uh, Rachel Roy. I feel like everything that she had to say to me was well thought out, and it came from a place where I respect it because she's also a fellow designer, and I definitely felt like she didn't sometimes go in the same direction as Jen Raid would, where she just pretty much didn't like it only because she it's not her taste. Um, I feel like Rachel was able to disconnect her uh, personal opinions of fashion and what was good or not, or successful or not. Sometimes. That's what I've been and thinking. Oh, sorry. Great. <laughs> Blake, if for sorry, some I, reason... I took that in a positive if, if for some reason this whole fashion thing doesn't work out for you, which I think it's gonna, you'd be a great politician. <laughs> I just answered that. And you know, it's so funny that you say that because every time I went to interview, um, the producers would be like, Blake, how do you really feel? You're being so political. I'm like, I swear, this is how I really feel. <laughs> well, I... I've been noticing that with the judges, too. I keep saying, you know, well, they've got Zana Roberts-Rossi from Marie Claire. They've got Jen Ray, the stylist. And Tim Gunn, he's sort of kind of judging, but he's just sort of mentoring. He's not really weighing in as much. I wish Tim Gunn would be a more harsh judge. That would be more interesting to me. But I like that Rachel Roy is there, because it's... it's and I'm going to ask Michelle what she thinks, too. But I think having more, like, actual fashion designers judging it week to week would be more beneficial and maybe just one I totally agree. Yeah, maybe one stylist or one fashion editor, but there you know, those are very different jobs than creating the actual garments and selling them and having exactly. a successful brand. So, what do you feel like, Michelle? I think there's two things. I think one is delivery. So, Jen Raid just kind of stabs you <laughs> in the face yeah. with her comments, so it's very hard with for a you smile. To, right, with a smile. it's it's hard for you to like even listen to what she's saying because of that. So you're just kind of automatically in defense mode. And I think with Rachel Roy, she she wants to help you. She wants to give you constructive criticism so that you can grow and like actually you can she delivers it in a way that you're like, oh, okay, I can understand it from that point of view and like learn from that and absorb it and kind of like consider it. As opposed just to being, like, on defense the whole time. So I think there's that. Mm-hmm. And then, secondly, yeah, I mean, I think designers, like, I feel like the judges never got me either. But I felt like all the designers got me. 
So I feel like it's coming from a different place, like stylists. Yeah, that's to me, it's definitely like a legit job, but you're coming from a different place. And you're coming from that trendy place. And you're also like, if you're dressing celebrities, that's not the everyday person that you can sell to. It's a totally different market. Well, and red carpet is not real life. And it's not what people are going to necessarily buy at the store. And it's totally valid. It's just like, that's not what you should focus. You shouldn't just focus on one customer every challenge. You know, Mm -hmm. like you should have a range of, you know. Uh, Jen made a comment tonight, which I disagreed with, but as designers, I want to get your input on it as well. She said uh, between Asha and Shan that she would rather keep Asha because she can uh, improve her construction, but she has the, the vision and the style versus Shan, who had the better construction, but he doesn't have that uh, vision. What do you guys think? Um, was she was comparing... She- she Asha was, and Shan, or was she yeah, comparing she was yes, the yeah, winners? Yeah, because okay. it's like, if you have great construction, um, you can be inspired by different things. And at the moment, maybe, you know, you were inspired a certain way. So which mm-hmm. one would you go with? The construction or the vision? Vision. Vision. It's very difficult because I feel like multiple times in this competition, you can easily tell that someone is really great at construction and that masks the whole aspect that there's a lack of design there. Are you talking about Oscar? Like- oh, <laughs> no. I mean, I love Oscar. I mean, to death. He is hands down, hilarious, genuine, such a character. However, I multiple times have said to him as well as to others, I feel like Oscar is an amazing candidate for uh, costume design, I feel like as an innovator, as a designer, I feel like it's very, to me, when I look at his fashion, I definitely relate it to something I've already seen before, um, and it's a little dated. Not to say that there's not a customer out there, because his stuff will sell like hotcakes. However, do I feel like sometimes his amazing, impeccable construction put him in the top over his design? Yes. Okay. okay. I think that's very fair to say. But you can also, you can teach construction. You can't exactly. teach creativity. You can like, you teach can't teach someone to have a vision, or but, you can hire somebody yeah. else, like Oscar, to yeah. construct your vision. That's true, but this is like a and, competition where you mm-hmm. need to know how to construct. If you want to say that, you can exactly. say Natalia should have won for her floppy exactly. dress, too, but... I mean, you have to have all of it to compete in this type of show. And I think, like, true. for the true, yeah. yeah. In life, though, I, I thought, I yeah, think it was it, the overall question. Yeah, yeah. the overall question, I feel like, is the, the vision. Yeah, because that was yeah. the question she was getting yeah, down so to. True. You have to be able to do both the for the show. Because when they were looking at, like, who should go home or who should win, they were saying, like, in the future, who would be you know, more successful. Right. But that's so hard. You can't, there's so many more like aspects to it. You can't just say someone has a vision and not construction and someone doesn't. Because I think Shan definitely has a vision. And I think like with those two dresses, Shan definitely won because it looks good on TV. It looks good in photographs. Mm -hmm. Like there's color there. Well, I think too, it was a little bit unfair because Shan had like his original idea might have been a lot more vision, but she was allergic. Who's allergic to sequins? Come on, who is allergic <laughs> to I'm shiny? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Could like, you imagine so- if Oscar would have got that check? <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean. Like, like I feel like it was a little understand. bit of an unfair comparison. Um, but we do have. Go ahead. Yeah, we do have to wrap it up though. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, um, but we have a few more minutes left to wrap up the whole episode. I want to say one last thing though. Because you guys made me think of it, and it's a good point. I just want to say, I agree with you. I've noticed that I think when when Tim is in the workroom and he says, you really want to wow the judges this time. You really want to impress them. It's a different impressing. It's like a different thing that you want to show them than if you were on Project Runway showing to Michael Kors and Nina Garcia and Heidi. It's a presentation, you know? It's the whole package. So it's like you wouldn't take, like, a a badly constructed garment and show it to a client and be like, here you go. Like, they would just be like, no, you're fired. Like, whether you construct it or not, I think it's just, like, it's your presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is. Let's get down to the sad... Yeah, so I'm so sorry, Blake. Uh, We are just going to keep going and talking with you on the line because we have to go through everything um, because we do want to wrap it up. Um, So anyway, so we, you know, we talked about how 
Um, Shan had the really bad problem with his with Brittany. She had the hives. And let's just talk yeah. about the runway really quick. Everybody give their opinions. Okay. <laughs> Asha. The, okay, now the fabric looked really awful on, like, on our point of view. How did it look for you in person? In person, I have to say the idea was there, the construction, terrible. And, I mean, when it comes down to it, you're sitting on a real body, like a real person. There's more curves that we don't have on our models. So it is a little bit more difficult to get that fit perfected, but I definitely feel like Asha was definitely being over um, ambitious there and just could not make it work for this challenge. But I think part of it was the straps. They were just pulling a lot of it's things. too yeah. much for sure, yeah. Okay, and then anybody else have any opinions on that dress? I was not the biggest fan of it. It, I, it should, did look should. better on the runway. Like, it did kind of glitter on, on the lights and stuff. Yeah. I liked from the boobs up. Like, the neckline and everything was really flattering. Exactly. I exactly. thought that really did a lot of good things for her body to, like, bring the focus up there. Because that's, like, you know, you want to highlight your beautiful neckline and bodacious bod, let's just say. I wasn't a fan of the color. I think... You know, with, with her skin tone, she needed something a little bit more vibrant to bring out the glamour in her. Um, you know, because she had yeah. a lot of personality, and I felt yeah. like the color just made that personality go away until at the end she busted move. You know, Beyonce <laughs> would be like, oh, okay. I say, yeah, mod- mod- definitely saved her. Yeah. Model yeah. or not, man, she's and- given the most life I've seen out of anyone on <laughs> <Hey>. that runway. <laughs> He was giving the most life, and a little tidbit, it definitely helped with Asha's scoring, I feel, because the judges said, you know, the construction is not there, but we're definitely willing to overlook it because your model is living in this garment. So it just goes to show you that sometimes it is, as Michelle said, it's all about just the presentation. Like, if you have a model that will go there and work it, you immediately forget some of the other details. Right. Yeah. So, okay, moving on yeah. to Sam. He had the dress that had the black panels going down the middle with the gray print. Um, the judges weren't too much of a fan of it. Everybody pretty much said it was boring. Did it look that boring in person? Uh, to be honest, I love Sam. I it wasn't a circle skirt, like though. Was... <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it was a little bit on the boring side. I feel like from Sam, you know, it didn't, to me, feel like it had the essence of who he is as a designer, and I felt like the fit just wasn't there either. The sleeves were awkward. It just, it was a little bit out of left field for me for Sam. And the neckline as well. The fit was tragic. Okay. It was horrible. So we've already (laughs) talked about your look. Um, Oscars, I mean, it was just, it was a gorgeous dress, but way dated. Uh, We've seen it so many concerts times. Concerts and tiaras. Well, yeah. saw him make like it for the red carpet challenge. Also. Yeah, we've seen that before. And but, then lastly was yeah. Shans. She Sorry, did. we do have to oh, keep going. Okay. Um, lastly, no, lastly was Shans, and I thought that dress was so fun and flirty. Did it look, did the it model, was. like, she seemed so happy. What did, What was it like in person? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was super cute, super accessible, and um, also very commercial, which is Shan to a T. I definitely feel like you could tell that that was the one that was made in the final hour. But at the same time, it didn't matter because his model loved it. It fit her to a T. And at the end of the day, it was all about that presentation as well. I didn't like it at first, and I made a comment, which uh, I take back. Uh, having it, Seeing it walk, having... Having it on the model walking down the runway was completely different, and I disagree with the judges. I think the belt was a great accessory added on the dress. Yeah. I do, too. I yeah. like the belt, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I liked that... Because if it didn't have the belt, it would have been like a cow. Like I was like so a boomer. Yeah. So much pride. But I, I loved when she walked out, she looked like she lost 10 pounds. Yeah. That dress really she slimmed did. her down. So it was beautiful. It, it was really modern. Did. It was bold. Okay. I think it fit the challenge. Or it showed off what she already had, is what I should say. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Exactly. Yes. So Shan ended up winning both the benefit prize and the winner of the whole challenge. Yes. Loved it. Okay. Hey, Blake. So um, just a few more questions for you. What, okay. like, who is your girl? Like, I always ask that for our designers. Like, who is your person you're designing for? My girl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I always love to say that I design 
clothing for the more artistic individual who is willing to experiment with her style. And she's not really looking to wear very basic pieces. She's always looking for elevated, more fantastical kind of fashion. Um, I love to transport my girl into a different world where she's taken away from all of the negativity and craziness that we experience every day. So I definitely love to dress actually pretty much my client tonight, Rosina. Like she definitely has that really beautiful ethereal look to her. She's smart. She's, um, fun and she's also very artistic and I feel like that was a great match for me. Does anybody have any other last questions for Blake? What are you working on now, Blake? What's next? Working on now? Well, I am still working full-time at Colts for the L.C. Lauren Conrad brand. Oh, Lauren Conrad! (laughs) I love love those dresses. You saved that for the end? (laughs) I know. That's so exciting. I know, right? Yeah. And then... I know, right? And yeah, way on, to bury the lead. I'm sorry? I said way to bury the lead like 40 minutes into the interview. Hilarious. <laughs> um, and then on my own personal time, I've just been working on developing, hopefully, a little capsule collection that I can debut later this September for Fashion Week. Ooh. Ooh. Sweet. Congratulations. And you're in New York, yes. correct? I am in New York. Are you from there? I am originally from Georgia. Oh, okay. nice. Georgia peach. Okay, one last question. Good old southern boy. Where? Yeah, you're so political. Yeah. So polite. Oh, wh- where are you going to be watching the finale? Uh, probably from my uh, little one-bedroom apartment. Nice. <laughs> uh, with my roommate, where I've been all season long. Oh. Well, you can definitely call yeah. in then, and we, we definitely want to talk some more. But we are pretty much done here. Where can everybody find you? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, or website? Oh, my God. Everywhere. I'm on Twitter uh, at Roy Blake Smith, my full name. Um, also on Facebook, Blake Smith. Uh, Instagram, I'm RoyBoy8888. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Blake. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. And sorry, viewers, that this was such a quick episode recap, but, you know, we got to talk to Blake for forever, so it was kind of nice. Emma, where can everybody find you? You guys can find me on EmmaCaseCloset.com, also Instagram, Twitter, at RealEmmaCase. You guys can find me, Amanda Fields, on Twitter and Instagram, at the Runway Queen. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at IamStephZ. You can find me on Twitter, at UberEst, and my website is MichelleUberEst.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Virginia Arena. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great night. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. We have a buzz. buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.